Welcome to the live welcome to the live show with your host Elder Monique Coleman. Greetings, greetings, greetings. Happy Saturday to everyone. I hope everyone is being safe, practicing social distancing and washing their hands and wearing their masks. We are still in a pandemic and there are things out here that we have to be mindful of and not to be congregating together, being in large groups, but we still have to remember there is a deadly virus that are killing thousands of Americans and we are needing to pray and keeping people encouraged and just being mindful of our surroundings. So I am grateful to be on here this Saturday afternoon. I hope everybody's doing well. We're praying for people in Louisiana and those who have been infected by Hurricane Laura. Um, Even our Tri-City area, which is Richmond, Virginia, they're expecting a storm, but it is beautiful outside, and I am so grateful on today. So today, I have a special guest. She is my little sister. She is my friend. She is my accountability partner, which I say. She always holds me accountable, especially in assignments that God has given me, but she is a um and I'm gonna let her introduce herself and give you a lot of information regarding what she does her upcoming projects what she does in ministry she is a generation changer she is a millennial she is a graduate of Virginia Union University which is awesome when she graduated with her mom so it's just, um, she has a beautiful testimony. I don't know what she's going to do on today. I don't know where she's going to take us. I don't know what's going to happen on this episode, but I want you to put your seatbelts on and get ready to take off as I introduce to some and present to others, my little sister, and I'm going, I'm about to say Elder, <laughs> but... <laughs> But she's going to be in, listen, I don't know what the Lord is taking her. And I know this is not the, this is not um, the platform, but Mm -hmm. life, living in freedom every day, we come with um, uplifting messages. We come with today's, um, we come in encouragement, dealing with today's issues, especially with social injustice for Black and brown people, it's so much stuff that we can we present on this show. But we also present those who are in ministry, and we do not hold back either. So I know she has a calling on her life. She has a gift. She's a gifted singer, but she also has a ministry assignment. She's also called to an office. But we can't say which office that she's called to. But only God knows, and she hears it all the time, and I know she's going to be walking in this soon before 2021, mm-hmm. okay? So, I want to introduce to you all my special guest, my sister, Tajay Jackson. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the live show. Thank you for having me. them every day. I am here. That was yes. a great introduction. I'm going to get you later, though. Uh-huh. No, thanks. That's okay. Uh, I appreciate <laughs> it, but no. No, no, no. Um, you got me enough, so it's my paybacks. <laughs> my paybacks. Oh, Jesus. I am yes, so glad yes. to have you, and I'm so glad for your yes. 
Um, I do not take it lightly. Um, I should have had you on when I had my internet radio, but you were still in college and you had a whole lot of stuff going on during the time yeah. I had presented the, the the talk show that we had where we were where we were hosting live and you could have been in the studio. But this yeah, I was on the other as, side of the screen. But this <laughs> is just as well as great to have you. Your voice can be heard across the platform. And not only, see, we were, I was kind of limited. I think I was limited in that space. But here you are going to be on a larger platform where people are going to hear you across countries. You know, so I'm grateful for that because the outlet here, we have Spotify, we have we have, I just got an announcement that we're going to be on another um, platform, a podcast platform. So you are going to be heard. So I don't want you to be nervous. I just want the Lord to use you, come in your own way. Um, I'm going to start off with a couple of questions and then I'm going to just hand it over to you. So okay. tell people a little bit about yourself. Our listeners, tell them a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, my name is Tajay Jackson. Most people know me as the Generation Changer. Um, to others, I'm just Taj. <laughs> no titles. Um, I'm originally from Not Long yet. Island, New Not York. Yet. Oh, oh gosh. I'm originally from Long Island, New York. <laughs> Woohoo! Um, New Yorker. Yes. Yes, born and raised. I moved here um, around high school. Um, I moved to Virginia. My dad became a pastor, so my family moved to Virginia. Ended up staying in Virginia, went to school um, at Virginia Union University here in Richmond, where I live now. Um, so yeah, graduated from there last year with honors. Um, mm. Right now, just started a business last year without really trying to start a business, but being to what the Lord was showing me. So I did start my business last year. Um, it went from just being on social media and encouraging people to actually becoming a brand and a business for me as well as ministry. So that is Generation Changer LLC. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of great things. <laughs> um, I also um, do marketing. I, I market for a lot of clients, branding, promotions, event planning, pretty much anything under business marketing, mass communications. I, I like to do it all. So that's my passion and that's the twist I kind of put on ministry whether it's through my shirts that inspire people, my dresses, or um, doing a panel somewhere, or hosting a young a, a youth conference, anything. I, I love it all. And I love the support as well. That's a really big part of my ministry, supporting others and pushing others. Mm-hmm. I know it's all so well of the support <laughs> and pushing others. Okay. Even when they don't listen to me until two years later, you know. Well, I don't know who she's talking about. <laughs> she ain't talking about me. She's not talking yeah. about me. Yeah. So tell our listeners, what did you, you majored in? You said you, uh, you, you said a whole lot of in your introduction, so I'm going to just break each piece down. So okay. you're originally from Long Island. So yeah. you came down here in high school. What prompted your parents to um, teach um, preaching? They had a church. What was there? Yeah, so um, we ended up moving right before my freshman year of high school. Um, my dad became a pastor. He he was chosen to pastor church um, in Norfolk, Virginia. So we moved, my immediate family, all five of us, we moved to Virginia. And um, it was, it was, Hard at the time, I didn't really understand it. You know, I was in that space where, okay, since I gotta move, they making me move, you know. 
I, I wanted to stay with my friends. Oh, definitely my family. My family is very important to me. I'm very close to my family. So that was a really hard time in my life, um, transitioning, you know, from middle school to high school and mm-hmm. just just experiencing all of that. And then going from, you know, up north to coming down south. All of that was just, that was just unfamiliar for me. So that was a really hard place for me. Um, I remember coming to high school and I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'm just here because I got to be here. You know, I, I ain't feel like meeting new people. I won't go and talk to nobody, make no friends. But God, mm. I, I ended up playing sports. I mean, I knew everybody in the school. They knew me. So okay. he, he, he totally flipped that. Mm-hmm. Because you, um, you always think that you're not going to do something and then you wind up doing everything. It's like, exactly. oh, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. that. God said, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm, sure. Yeah, and we're going to get to that later because then it flipped again after I graduated oh. high school. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. So you are considered a PK kid. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I think I think okay. I, I think I hold the reputation pretty good, though. It's, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, like the stereotypes of a preacher's kid. I think everybody has their own story. Uh, we all have our own experience. Um, I'm, I'm a part of a PK summit uh, where all of our the preacher's kids, we get together from all over the world. And uh, we come together yearly, but we have a group chat. And it's kind of a space where we are able to, you know, relate to each other. So everybody doesn't, you know, experience the same thing, but there's still a lot of things that we have in common that we experience, you know, having to share our parents and the downfalls of ministry, you know, um, mm-hmm. that even caused me to run for ministry for years. Um, just seeing them behind the scenes and what, what you got to go through, you know, I'm like, okay, I don't want that. <laughs> that assignment has some weight on it. So I, I ran oh. from it for years. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, yeah. Running away from stuff. I can, I can, I, I know that all very well. Uh-huh. I know that all that I'm running now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. We're not here talking about me. We're here talking about you. <laughs> you know, we're conversating. You, you. Conversating. You, you. So, are you currently attending? Um, No, let me go back. So, you moved from high school. You got into college. Mm-hmm. Um. So, tell us about your college experience because there may be somebody out there who is thinking about college or maybe they're not thinking about college. Um, so what's your college experience like? What was your college experience like? Oh, and especially what was your college experience like attending with your mom? Okay. When she finally came into college. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so a there is a, question. <laughs> there is a lot to my journey um, matriculating through undergrad. I I would never change anything. I'm so grateful for my journey and my testimony through school. Um, College for me, let's just start here. Um, It was a way for me to kind of, of course, branch out from under my parents like anybody else. But for me, that was really where I found God for myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, not just going based off of what my parents say and, you know, I'm here because they got they got me in church and I got to do this, you know. So that is really (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's that's really where I got my relationship with God for myself. And it had nothing to do with religion. I understood relationships. 
So even I, I literally came my freshman year. Saying, you need to emphasize that. Wait, wait, wait. Go uh-oh. back to that. Go back to that. You need to pause yeah. them for a few minutes and help some young person when you say about it was about religion. It was about relationship. Yeah. So um, for me, I, I grew up knowing religion. I, I did religion well, you know, even it wasn't because I wanted to, but it was because I had to. It was something that was taught to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and going to college, experiencing God for myself, I got that relationship. So just like we have a relationship with our friends, we have a relationship, you know, with our significant other, boyfriend, girlfriend, your pastor, you know, we had those relationships. It's the same thing with God, learning to commune with him and talk to him. I, that's where I, I really understood my prayer life and what I was called to do. Um, behind the camera, in front of the camera, it doesn't matter. Um, There was times where, you know, I may have been going through in school between classes and struggling with this and figuring out money. Nobody would know any of that stuff, you know, what's going on in the household where you, when you're away from home. Um, But then just trusting God, you know, to to take care of all of that. And literally, I still don't know to how, to this day, (laughs) how I got through school. Um, it, it was nothing but God. Um, my testimony from senior year, I literally had nine classes. I was working. Um, eight of my classes I took Virginia and so that was a lot to deal with. I was a president, um, still in all my other um, organizations on campus, singing, you know, still doing ministry, going to church. And so it, it my wow, whole, that's my a whole lot. journey, yeah, my whole journey through college. That's what and what, and started. let me and let me ask you, how old were you doing? You know, during that time? Yeah. So freshman year, I'm a I'm a baby, y'all. <laughs> freshman year, um, my birthday is actually September 10th. I was born in '97, so um, freshman year I had just turned 17. No, I was yeah 17, going on 18. Um, so yeah, so that, that was a journey. Um, of course, you know, when we get to 18, you know, we, we got a little bit more freedom Then we get to 21 Mm -hmm. and okay, we grown now, you know? So my freshman year, I literally, I said, I was going to stop going to church, not because I was, you know, leaving God or upset. I think I was just, I was done with church per se, you know? Um, I understood relationship, but I was just tired of the antics and this and that with church because I had seen so much from a little Uh kid and, you know, being a first family and all of that. I saw so much. So I took this as my opportunity to move. You know, I'm an hour and a half away from home and I'm I'm out out on my own. I was always very mature. So independent. You was basically doing what what young most. Yeah. You know, like how. Normal, you you basically was doing what normal kids do oh, when yeah. they go off to college because sometimes you know this college experience is like yes I'm you know not say you grown but it's like yes I'm, yeah. I'm away from my family and I'm gonna I don't have to go to church like they say I don't gotta do this I'm yeah. gonna just have me a good time and enjoy the college experience yeah you got you got some sense of freedom and so I'm gonna help somebody mm-hmm. right here just like how we needed freedom you, you we may have felt like we needed freedom from our parents you know we were ready to go to college. It's that same thing dealing with religion, if that makes sense. So that's how I was able to get my relationship with God for myself. Mm. Not from what I heard and the scriptures that they quoted and, you know, what they said they experienced Uh and how God healed them. Like, literally, my whole testimony throughout college was relationship with God. He he really took me in like, oh, no, you're my daughter, you know. I'm really, I'm really sitting here like I want to just shout right now. (laughs) 
every time you say relationship, something inside me just jumps and leaps. Like, yeah, Whoa. yeah. I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful for it. And so in that place, um, so I, I'll say my freshman year, a little of my testimony. Um, you know, I was I was very focused. No, wait, before you go on to, to that, remember, how old was you when you was doing everything? You got you got to be 18, 19, right? Yeah, I, so when that? I started, okay. I had just turned 18. I started school in August, turned 18 in September. Okay, so, so now you get to your freshman year and yeah, you are doing... As freshman year, um, let's see. I So coming from high school, I stopped playing basketball. I was all into sports, but then the Lord kind of just switch that and I was getting more more serious about singing and using my gift of singing which I was always Ooh. shy about um I never liked to use my voice so um after and I, you have a beautiful voice <laughs> thank you yes 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 I'm still I'm still I'm working on it I'm working on getting out there and you know um but anytime um the Lord gives me an assignment to do I kind of bypass how I feel and you know myself and my flesh and I know there's a greater purpose for using my gifts. So I'm at that place now where in relationship, it took relationship for me to get there, you know, mm. seeing people healed and delivered and just touch when I, when I sing and minister. So that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's another part <laughs> of the testimony. But yeah, I, I literally had young people that would come to me, you know, we, we might go to the, the same kickback, you know, the night before or whatever. People literally, I, I was never ashamed of my relationship. I'm not even going to say religion. I was never ashamed mm-hmm. of my relationship with God. Um, they mm-hmm. saw me across campus. They already knew it was, you know, um, you, you know how it is. Even if we were turning up, you know, a few hours before. If, if you call, uh-huh. if you, the, the kids knew to come to my room on campus if they needed prayer or, you know, call me, text me. Um, and so that's really where ministry birthed for me in a different way. I was, before I but was the forced scripture, to do there's, it. There's, there's a scripture that says, train up a child in the way that he or she shall go. Yeah. And when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So even though you removed yourself from your home, you didn't remove the, the principles of what was, oh yeah, um, what you were taught yeah. from your parents was still evident. Oh yeah, um, inside and plus you, no matter what you did, and like you said, you built your relationship and you got to know God for for yourself. Excuse me, it just increased your faith and it just the, the light just shine for those who come because you know sometimes it could be a, a two edged sword when. You're living one way and doing one thing because people oh, yeah. won't be yeah. like, oh, I'm not going to her because she's this way, this way, this way. So mm-hmm. the people that, you know, that had came to you for prayer, that's awesome. Yeah. And so so let me clarify. Um, so I, I was never I was never ashamed, but I was also transparent with the people. So, um, you know, my, my peers knew they could come to me and that that's really what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. Never, never to say that I wanted to kind of leave the foundation that my parents instilled in me. But I you know how young people we just want to experience this is, this is college life. I go to a HBCU, mm-hmm. you know, I'm friends with this person. Could you and that tell person. people what do HBCU means for those who may not really yes. understand that uh, terminology. Yeah. <laughs> so HBCU um, is historically black college or university. Um, so pretty much the opposite of a PWI. Um, so you know, um, you know, we and what's the, a PWI? Uh, prominently white institution. Oh my! 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I, I wanted to go to HBCU. Um, wherever the Lord lead, leaded me. Actually, people don't know I was actually supposed to go to Hampton University, um, get my master's in five years. Um, I was going to do the MBA program and have my master's in five years. But I and literally what's the MBA. Um, that, so that's that's the business administration program. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because we have to we have to be clear with listeners who may not understand. Some people may not have been to college. Some people who are listening may not understand those terms. And why I say that because there are terminology that's used because they'll say, yeah. "Oh yeah, I'm from HBCU," and they don't even know what that means, or they know, "Oh, I'm from PWI." They probably mm-hmm. think it's Praise Worship Institute. They don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. hallelujah, bless God. You know, yeah. they don't know. So mm-hmm. we want to give them the clarity when they hear this replay or hear this as we're doing this show or podcast that they understand what these terminologies are meaning. Not saying people are stupid or illiterate. Yeah. It's just that we, we, t- we tend to use acronyms and take them out of context. And then mm-hmm. we go around talking like you know, know what we talk, talk about. about. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that's why I'm emphasizing it, if you don't mind, to kind of give yeah, a little fine. elaboration on what those mean. So mm-hmm. our listeners, if they in other countries and they have to translate this, they know what we are talking about as well. Yeah. So moving right along to my next question, you said that you were involved in so much during your senior year. Am I correct? You said you was working, you was full-time, you took a course load of um, non-credit uh, non and you were just doing uh, so much. Mm-hmm. What did you do for self-care? Yeah, so um, so actually I had nine classes and um, it was like 24 credit credit hours. Oh my, so, yeah, all together. Yeah, so like to a point where I literally had to get approved to do an overload. <laughs> mm. Yeah, so um, and working full time and doing ministry and doing other things. Yeah, and did you and say you was running a business at that time too? Yeah, so I started my business oh, last wow. year, last year October. Yeah, so I, 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 looking back at it, I don't know because in this quarantine, like I've really had the chance to just sit down when it first started. Now I'm kind of back to work and everything stuff is picking up, but I have no idea. I look back on college and I'm like, how did I get through? Especially my senior year, how did I get? Through? I knew I know it was nothing but God. Um, you know his, his strength. He kept my mind. Um, self care. I did have to learn how. Um, for me, it was just, you know, going get my nails done, get my hair done. If you know me, I'm always going to get my nails and my hair done. That's that's just, that's period. That's what I do. Um, but other than that, you know, I started, um, I know an outlet for me is also going to the gym or working out. Um, just a simple conversation with somebody. Um, I also did start going to counseling because I was doing so much that like my my mind was just clouded with stuff, you know, like to a point where I couldn't even get out sentences fully without being all over the place. Yeah. So in a lot of that, um, not only the workload and with school and everything, but that was also home life. My parents Mm. were separating and it was just a lot going on with that. And certain things they didn't even want to tell me until I got home. You know, I had to finish Mm -hmm. midterms and finals and this and that and trying to lead an organization. And it was just it was a lot. Um, So, I mean, listen, when I say I stay prayed up, (laughs) I stay prayed up. Um, I made sure I, I, I stayed in church, you know, stayed faithful to ministry that has definitely shown um, favor over my life. But 
definitely those things. Um, and I kind of had to find some other outlets. Music is another outlet for me. So mm-hmm. all of those things, um, you know, that was my self-care regimen. And that's how I just had to keep myself together. I had to keep myself on a strict schedule as far as what I'm going to do here and prioritize what's important. So even... I when- think you need to say that piece right there again. Prioritize what's important yeah. and stay on task. Because yeah. a lot of young people... And I want to say that about young people, especially in that age bracket, 18, 19, Mm -hmm. they seem to be all over the place because they have so much freedom and then they don't have no, they don't know how to organize. So did you have a system, an organization system? I mean, like, what was your, did you do a calendar? You know, like, what would be um, something you can help someone else who may be dealing with the same busyness or they have a workload? what would your advice be? Um, yeah, so I just want to touch on a piece because you said that um, how, you know, around that age, our mind is kind of all over. Because we had that freedom, and listen, the, the devil, that it says in the book that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Mm-hmm. He will literally try to attack your mind and keep you distracted. Um, I've been in that place. Um, but when we, when we sent, we're, we're seeking that freedom, but then again, it's like, okay, you're kind of losing yourself, you know, when you don't stick to that foundation. Um, for me, trying to juggle everything, I literally, I keep everything in my phone. Most people who know me, they know everything is in my phone. So literally, do um, y'all listeners hear that phone? Y'all have these smartphones. <laughs> I know they got reminders and notes and all yes. that stuff. If you got yes. iPhones, especially up to what's the new one, 11, you can put those yes. things in there. So listeners, please use your phone wisely, not just for Facebook scrolling and social media look up. I just want oh, to, yeah, I just yeah. want to put that disclaimer there because it seemed like you know people have these <laughs> smartphones and they don't know what yeah. they're doing. No, and you come to a place where you are that busy, you don't even have time to be scrolling. And I, I used to procrastinate a lot. I still do to a certain extent, but I'm so focused now on what God is telling me to do that I don't even have time to procrastinate. Like, you know, I, I have to get it done. Um, and so, yeah, I, I put everything in my calendar on my phone. Um, there's a, a part of it where you can just put your alert. It'll tell you, you know, when you want to put your alert to remind you if you want to start a half an hour early, this and that. So I literally put my entire schedule in my phone. Mm-hmm. So people laugh at me when I say, they ask me to do something. I'll be like, okay, let me check my schedule. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not trying to be funny or say I'm super booked, which sometimes I am, <laughs> excuse me. But I but I literally, I have to look at my schedule to remember what, you know, what I have here. And okay, I told this person I would help them with this. And I got a client over here. Yeah, yeah. It's, my, my phone is my best friend. <laughs> and I say that for the young people, but the the age group that I'm under, you know, we seem uh, to fumble a little bit. You know, we have to walk around with the book. We have to walk around. Oh, with don't the get it. Yeah, don't don't get it messed up. Don't get it messed up. I have notebooks too. I have notebooks too. Because sometimes I, 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 I need the I black and white. Down. I need the I need the I need the black and white because oh yeah, I yeah. got not good eyesight, and so this yeah. phone will not help me to be looking and seeing. Now it would be helpful to set the alarm clock on there but other than that uh-huh. or a buzz but if I have to write something in there no that won't work for me I have to put it in the book yeah. I have to get a large print at that so I can see the numbers on the calendar and the exactly. agenda you know so some of our age you know some of the age group now there are some 60 year olds and over that know how to 
run through that phone. Yeah, be like, oh yeah, my grandmother. Yeah, she's a pro at Facetime. Yeah, now let me. I got her Nineties now. Now I'm not saying they they got a busy schedule, but these. There's some fiber. Yeah. There's some vibrant and fiery eighty and ninety year olds who sit that could outrun you. Yeah. So don't get it twisted. Yeah. I still don't get it twisted. I still I still gotta use pen and paper. Listen, I just told my sister the other day that I have to get a um what do you call it an organizer mm-hmm. and a planner and yeah. all of that. I I gotta get back to that because I used to use that in school for school stuff and then my phone for you know other stuff ministry wise and all of that but for me I'm also a visual person so I can't just write it down I also have to see it on my calendar and my phone yes I love to carry them and I love when like and see now it's back to school so now I've been in office maps and all the little places looking at oh let me get that I want to get that to, or, you know get that color to go with that color to go with that I need to stay mm-hmm. out of those places but nevertheless so you had all of that going on and you maintain your sanity as well as now I know for some that would took some people some young person they could have just been like you know what I'm giving up I'm just throwing in the towel what did you say to those individuals who feel like they overwhelmed they may be in that same situation or they feel like giving up Oh, yeah, I've I've definitely been in that place. And I think, you know, us as humans, we forget sometimes we're human. So we're going to have those moments. We're going to be in our feelings sometimes. You know, we're going to feel some type of way or be stressed out. And um, but the the Bible says that he hasn't given us a spirit of fear. Um, I I tend to worry a lot. I I totally, you know, I I literally have to give everything to God Mm -hmm. so that I'm not stressed out. I'm not worried. Um, That's the only way I can handle my workload. And I literally pray if I I pray in the morning and at night, but I literally pray throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's just, that's how I get through the day. And, and, and you know, I'm going to ask you to park right there for a moment because (laughs) no, and I'm going to say this with all sincerity because a lot of times, and you said this was this is the thing about relationship, is that when mm-hmm. individuals grow up in church, and there's mm-hmm. the the religious the religious part, excuse me, and they have yeah. the traditional, well, you got to pray this time, pray this time, you know, and and you was groomed into that way of praying. Mm-hmm. But what could you tell somebody in regarding to prayer life? Because a lot of times I think of people get so confused and young people, especially because this is who the audience we're trying to reach as well. And, and old and yes. unbelievers, whoever gets on this line and it doesn't have to necessarily, you know, we want to, we want to reach all those who can understand the method of praying, how it impacts, how it's effective without having the religious portion of it and what I want to say with that is because a lot of people think you have to pray in a certain place in a certain position Mm -hmm. and you said or pray like my pastor and you said the key words I pray throughout the day so can you Mm -hmm. can you park right there and give a, 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 a example of what you mean by I pray throughout the day yeah so me um for at first starting out so we learned you know the art of prayer um my great grandmother she used to always you know we wake up in the morning let's pray before we go to school um we go into bed at night come on get down on here on the floor yeah, by this bed. I remember we that. Say our prayers. 
And I'd be like, oh my God, I'd be, you know, one eye open over here looking like, okay, are you done yet? Like, <laughs> and so I literally tell her all the time that she literally taught me how to pray. Um, she helped me understand prayer, even though I was like four or five when I was doing it, you know, had no idea what was going on, didn't understand it. But um, learning that and, and sticking with that foundation. So I'll, I'll wake up in the morning. Um, for me, I play I play my music all the time. So that's how I get ready. You know, I no hear it in I'm the playing. background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I play my music. Um, but literally pr- all prayer is, is you communing with God. So to break it down even more, it's literally just a conversation with God. It's you talking to him. If even if you know you're you're not as religious or you know you don't know how to pray, literally just sit there and have a conversation with the Lord. Like just how I'm talking to you guys now, you know, how me and Elder Yolanda are talking. That's that's literally how how I talk to God in the morning, throughout the day. Listen, if somebody getting on your nerves, I'll be like, Okay, Lord, come on, <laughs> you better hold my tongue because I wanna say something. Ooh, but you know, hold my yeah, fist. yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> that place, that place right there. So yeah, so that's, that's literally how I do throughout the day. And I'll even, I'll even find myself praying and not even realizing it mm. because it's just, it's just talking to God. Okay. It's just talking to him, whichever way that is for you, you know, ha- however you come to him, it doesn't have to be this formal traditional way of praying. And, you know, just, I, I don't know. But when I start doing that because of relationship, it takes me to a whole nother place. Mm. And I'm not just talking to him, but then he starts to talk to me. Oh my yeah that's what it gets good yeah Yeah. so that relationship builds that though Mm -hmm. when you have that relationship you know not only do you just talk to him but he'll talk to you and you'll begin to hear him even more so that's why I say I pray throughout the day whether I realize it or not if I'm at work or not if I'm talking to somebody I I might be praying in my head and you don't even know it Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. so there's different there's different ways um and you just find that way that that works best for you listen I know. I grew up in New York, y'all. I, I wasn't always, you know, into church and all of that. I had to go because I went because I had to go. Yeah. But literally, like, this is just who I am now. Um, and relationship is all it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you finished. Did you? So let's go back to, you know, wrapping up your, your college um, experience. So yes. When, yes. when did you realize that you had nine classes? And that you were going to be a candidate for graduation. Because you said you had a couple oh. of obstacles. You... Now, did you say yeah. you had a couple of obstacles? Or did you want to... So I didn't necessarily say that, but you're on it. <laughs> That's the profit in you. That's the profit in you. Yeah, I had I had not a couple, many obstacles. Look, every time I turned around, it was something. Um, and I believe if I was not a woman of faith, like I had been, if I didn't have that relationship with God, I totally think it would have went a different way. Um, I wouldn't have been as encouraged to finish. Um, God put placed people in my lives at the right time, at my, in my life at the right time mm-hmm. to pour into me to, you know, keep pushing. And it, it was needed because I did that so much. I poured out to other people so much and I wasn't getting that in return. So for me, it was that place of, okay, I got too much going on. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I got to study for this test. I got this paper due. And mind you, I'm 
I'm not in just regular classes. These are the nine classes I'm taking are advanced classes. I was in the honors program. Oh, so it was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, but I truly believe, you know, God God fashioned me for this, you know, um, to tell that next, that that next person. Yeah, to, <laughs> I, I, to looking back at it, listen, <laughs> looking back at it, I'm like, how did I do it? You know, it, it was a lot. It was a lot. But I'm so grateful for it. It has definitely translated in my life now after school. You know, I know how to push. I know how to stay focused. I know how to push beyond how I feel because, listen, it was some nights I had to stay up and finish some papers. It was some nights I had to finish some presentations, you know, and it just seemed like at that place where I felt like I was so low and had so much going on, even with my family at the same time, that's literally when the Lord, okay, I re- I'm requiring more of you, you know, mm-hmm. at that point. And how I, did I, you feel about that when you heard your parents were separating out of, you know, all the, I thought, I guess, whatever, how long they've been married. You can elaborate on that yeah. if you want to, or just a little yeah. bit to help you. Because again, you're helping someone else with everything you're saying, because yeah. this is what we do. Living in freedom every day. We want people to understand that this is real life issues and we're talking about and that there are people out here you know not just because they think that we go to church that we are not human and we don't feel we don't have these experiences as everybody else do you know so how do you feel about when you were given that information and you were in school at the time that your parents were going separated yeah so um now I'm on the other side of it so looking back that that was a very hard place Um, One, because, okay, a little background. My parents were together since high school um, back in New York. When they grew up, they they were together since, like, high school. Um, They were married, I believe, 24 years. Wow. I think I was, like, two. I think I was two years old at their um, their wedding. I was in their wedding. I was a flower girl. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah, so they... It was it was very hard. It was a very hard transition for me, but at the time I I couldn't deal with how I felt. All that mattered to me was how my mom was and how my siblings were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the situation, um, that was that was my main focus. How many um, siblings I, do you have? I have two. I have a sister and a brother, and I am the oldest. Oh, so you're the oldest. You're in college, yeah. and you're dealing yeah. with the blunt of. Everything that the older child deals with. Yep. I, I, I think I took the hit for everything and didn't even realize it at the time. Um, and so it took me a while to be able to, I did start going to counseling after a while because my mom is a QMHP, a qualified mental health professional. So okay. when I started having anxiety attacks and this and that, didn't even know what it was going on, you know, because I have asthma and stuff too. So when my chest would be tight and this and this going on, I'm like, what in the world? Like she, she listens. Her and my grandmother got me through some phone calls because they, they, you know, they far away. Yeah, they they got me through. But definitely, um, I had to start going to counseling because at that point, I was finishing my senior year of college and I just couldn't focus. I've always been a straight A student and you know, been able to do it like nothing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that that really affected me and. It was hard for me to deal with it because I'm like, okay, I've known this all my life. You know, mm-hmm. it's just always been me, my mom, my dad, and my siblings. Mm-hmm. So like a real um, good, that, like a well knit family, like the family. Yeah. The, 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 and I'm not gonna say perfect family unit in yeah. ministry, but the the traditional family unit. Pastor, mm-hmm. yeah, both, mother, both parents pa- in the household. Yeah, both parents in the household. They marry. You got a mother, father, p- pastor, first lady. 
um, yeah. PK kids, you know. So it's a yeah. And then everybody you know, doing something in ministry. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. So so that 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 hit me hard. Um, and it took me a while to even realize it because I was at school. It took me a while to realize exactly what was going on home that summer after I graduated. That was that was a me um to to see the transition you know and like okay that's when it really hit me going on for about a few months um but <laughs> it listen that that took a different type of strength and that's, that's literally what what god was for me in that time i honestly have to say he kept my mind um uh, because listen i thought i was gonna lose my mind at that place between my own personal stuff and home stuff and then everybody else coming to me with their issues and, you know, needing prayer for this and that, that, that was a really hard transition, but I, I got through it. So I know that, um, you are well, um, known as I say, when I say well known, but <laughs> on social media, I heard a little bit about your testimony and one part of your testimony that I heard that I gravitated to um was you had a health scare I actually a few of them but yeah well I want you to talk about the the one that dealt with the big C word that yeah. some individuals don't know what that means you can you can share that part yeah. and and how you overcame it and how it tested your faith and, and, and school, because again, we still talk about you trying to finish school and, oh, yeah. Nobody and knew. getting through, <laughs> yeah, and getting through all of this and dealing with your parents, you know, so t- you don't gotta hobble ho- ho- on it, but I would like you to share that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that sure. experience. I know. I'm coming, so, um, <laughs> so a part of my story, um, at the age of 18, um, let's, let's go back. Um, so for about a year now, I was, um, you know, how we're, we're taught to pay attention to our body. Um, I, well, no, 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 let's, let's assume that there are some who don't know that how to pay attention to your body. So you can elaborate there what what that means to you. Long time I wasn't, I wasn't paying attention to it. Um, but the part helped, helped me understand what, um, uh, a representative come in to my dad's church. We were doing like conference or something, and they got all the young people to come, um, all of the young adults. And there was a representative from um, Dillard's, and she was coming to teach us, you know, ladies how to do our undergarments, how to take care of it, and even how to examine yourself um, to see, you know, if you have any lumps in your breasts and stuff like that. So um, literally that day kind of changed my life. Um, it, it kind of prepared me for so I I remember for a few months you know telling my mom like mom I feel a lump here I didn't say anything in my breast and as the time progressed it, it started to get bigger and so I'm like okay you know the lady was just talking about this and you know I know I know how health is with African Americans um, it doesn't matter the age I, I'm, a te- I'm a testament of that it doesn't matter the age but and that's the thing people don't realize is because of what medical professionals say for young women to get a breast exam or actually a mammogram at 40 years old Mm -hmm. when you turn 40 you go get your first mammogram 
But yeah. for for young teenagers and young women who don't know really about self breast examinations, mm-hmm. what is it that you can explain to them? And it, it don't have to be details. But what was what did you when you said that they told you to check? Like how is that? Because sometimes they don't know that you can do it. You, well, I'm, I'm a mom, and I know before that I was taught to do it. After your cycle, before your cycle, uh-huh. and you do it clockwise and stuff like that. But a lot of a lot of girls are not taught that in their home. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So I I learned it at at church. Um, and at church. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Actually, we need a lot that. of that. We need we need to have more of that at church. Yeah, I actually learned it at church. Um. And I haven't been getting to that age, so I know I was, you know, had started my cycle and all of that. But um, how she explained it to us, from what I can remember, yes, what you said is correct. Um, they tell you to do it before or after your cycle um, because, you know, during that time, our body changes and stuff like that. So it's mm-hmm. best to do it before or after that time. Um, and she also said that you can, you know, it's best that you can do it laying down. And you kind of just go in the circular motion and feel, you know, just for feel for any lumps or anything. Um, and also she did say that you can do it in the shower. There's like different methods of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for you, uh, I was doing that. I did that. And one day I just, I realized a lump there. And so as I'm going forward, trying not to, because I'm the type of person that worries and I didn't want to get, get, you know, psych myself out and all of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I feel a lump there, you know. So um, I didn't say anything for a while. And I finally came to my mom and I was like, just one day she came in my room. I was like, mom, like, I've, I've been feeling this lump here and I noticed it was getting bigger. So I told her about it. Um, I believe she took me to, that's when I started going to the OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, my OBGYN is the one that, you know, did my regular exam and all of that. And so I did have her check that out. She did feel the lump that I was feeling. Uh, fast forward the story, she ended up sending me to um, a breast care specialist in Norfolk. Um, so when I came home from school, um, so I went back to school knowing all of this, not knowing what's going on and, you know, just having all these thoughts running through my head. But I just had to keep pushing. I had to get through school. Nobody knew nothing that was going on. Um, you know, church family didn't know. My friends didn't know. None of that. So I literally left for winter break in December. Um, she she put in a rush order for me to go to a breast care specialist. The specialist sent me, um, did my examination there. At that time, I was 18, and they almost sent me in. Like, literally, I walked through the doors to go get a mammogram. At the age of 18, I went through the doors, signing in to get a mammogram because they, it was that serious that they, they needed me to do that. And mm. then I was literally signing in at the front desk, and they're calling me to the back. And the lady's like, oh, my gosh, what's your date of birth? Like, you know, so she realized I was only 18 years old. And um, if m- many of you that don't know, you, you're not supposed to. They don't. They don't recommend that you get a mammogram at that age because of the radiation mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, exactly. They they literally almost exposed me to to something that you know could have been way worse. So they caught that in time. Um, so what they ended up doing is taking me to the back. They ended up doing the ultrasound on my breast instead of the mammogram, mm-hmm. and they were still able to go around and you know see everything. They did see the lump that I saw, but I believe she saw like two others at the time from the um, the mammogram. She well, the ultrasound. She saw two other ones, and so she immediately 
um, put in an order for me to have surgery. So, oh my! So, so you mean to say that the salt, the ultrasound revealed showed the lump? Yeah, and they it was in two different places. Yeah, so it was all on my right breast. It was all on the right side, but she found oh, wow. she found another one that I couldn't feel through the ultrasound. Mm. So the one that I felt was the one that you know was there and it was getting bigger. So that's why I ended up telling somebody. But she found another one um, down a little lower. And I'm like, what? Like, okay, what is happening here? Like, I just had all these thoughts running through my head. I'm in the office, you know, still finishing up the ultrasound. And all I remember is my mom sitting to the left of me and she's just praying and keeping me calm. And, you know, she really helped me through that process because I was ready to just <laughs> to flip out. Like, oh my gosh, I, I was ready to bust out in tears um, because a lot of us do this too. We give ourselves the death sentence when the Lord is just like, no, I'm just taking you through a process. Mm. So, so that, that oh was my, my Oh my. Ooh, yeah. I felt that. That, that, was my, <laughs> that was my process. Um, so literally they're going through the ultrasound. Um, I'm still in the room, lights out, all of that, waiting for them to come back, tell me what they see. They, they tell me how many um, lumps they see. And then she comes in, um, I guess this is, this is the ultrasound tech. She comes in and tries to explain what she sees. And then I'm like, okay, cool, you know, just another one. And it was smaller. So I'm like, okay, thank the Lord. But then she, like, she, I don't know, I just can't explain the expression that she gave me, but I just felt a sense of, you know, urgency. And I didn't understand what was going on. So she scared me even more, uh-huh. but oh, she, wow. she came in and, um, <laughs> My God, he, she came in and diagnosed me and said she, that she believed it was cancerous. And so oh before, before she can even, you know, finish explaining anything. And you were 18 years old? When yeah. You oh my. I was 18 years old, um, had just started college. And so like, I was already thinking like, okay, my whole life is about to change. It's the that, like, oh my gosh, you know. And so, and that's why I said I was giving myself a death sentence before I knew what was going on. So my faith had to step forth for me because at that place, that that was a hard place, being so young. And I'm like, what? This ain't supposed to happen to me. Like, I just started school. I had a lot going for me. You know, I'm in a relationship. Like, it was just, it was so much. Um, mm, and mm, so, so wow. despite what she said, my mom was just still calm and collected. So I'm just looking at her and that's how I was able to have that sense of peace, you know, just waiting to hear the final say. So uh-huh. um, she diagnosed me with that. And then she went and got, the, she was like, you know what? Well, let me get a second opinion. Let me go get the doctor. So my surgeon came in and she explained everything. And they, they took forever, it felt like, <laughs> and to come back into the wow. room because they had to keep going over it. Everybody had to look at the results. Um, she came back in. She told me that the lumps that they saw were actually benign. They were not cancerous. I didn't even know what benign meant at the time. So I'm like, okay, benign, what does that mean? Like, okay, keep going, explain. And so I'm thinking still she's saying cancer. And she explained to me that it wasn't cancerous. Um, that was the good part. Um, the the challenging part for me was that I now had to come back on my winter break from school. When, when I went back to school, I had to come back immediately. A week before Christmas, I had to have surgery to remove the lump. Mm. Okay, so okay. I have to have surgery. Okay, you know that for my first surgery never had you know a, a big procedure like that before. They had to uh-huh. put me to sleep and all of that. I still have the scars to this day. Um, oh wow. 
the healing process was very long. Um, so it was hard for me to go back to school. <laughs> but um, so wow. I'm, I'm coming home for winter break. And um, was, did they have did you have to experience chemo, radiation, any of those type of um, therapy, therapeutic interventions for the um the, the cancer cells that they had removed? No, so um, because I did say something and they caught it when they did, because, um, you know, I'm uh-huh. thinking like, oh, it's a lump, so I'm not paying it no mind. Even when I told my mom, mm-hmm. she was just trying to calm me down, like, no, you're okay, you're okay, you know. Okay. But um, yeah. I, I started to, you know, feel it more and it got bigger, so that's when we took care of it, but they sent me home for the surgery. No, I didn't have to go through any chemo or anything, thank the Lord. Um, but they sent me for the surgery. I think that was December 20th. And right before Christmas, I literally was like just home for that whole week. I think I was maybe feeling okay to get up Christmas morning, you know, to spend time with my family, go to church mm-hmm. and all of that. I don't know if I went to church, but I do know I was able to, you know, open gifts with my family and all of that. Still enjoy the holiday because, yeah, I didn't see myself doing any of that. I was so in so much pain. Um the the testimony of that testimony was she ended up doing <laughs> she ended up doing more extensive surgery than she expected so i oh, wow. i went into surgery before the anesthesia and and the lord just set all of this up because i had a nurse that knew the lord she was a woman of faith and you know uh. calm my spirit i i had never had to have like an iv like that in my arm so that that was a lot for me, the anesthesia, all of that. So, yes, at 18, I can't yeah. even imagine. Yeah, so I, I just remember talking to, to the lady. She, she had red hair, red streaks in her hair, nice older lady. And we just, you know, was talking about the Lord and all of that. And my mom was there too. So I was like, Mom, come on, let's pray. Like, you know, they prayed for me before I went in. Next thing I know, I'm out. So I don't know anything else until after surgery. Um, I do know I woke up during the surgery. I woke up. I couldn't feel anything, though. I was still, you know, under the anesthesia. So I couldn't feel anything. Um, but I did I did wake up on the table, they said. <laughs> I woke up on the table while they still, you know, had me open and all of that. Um, oh, wow. And I do know when they said they took me out the room, the um, room for surgery, I, they said I was just shaking so bad. So they had to, you know, wrap me up and all of that. So that was okay. stuff that people had to tell me what was going on um, mm-hmm. until I went to the other side. Um, they have something called phase two, which is where they take you after surgery to recuperate. So mm-hmm. I'm in phase two. And then again, this is how the Lord sets it up. There were two nurses in there taking care of me when I woke up. And, you know, my, my boyfriend's on one side, my mom's over here, and I think my dad was um, in the lobby and stuff waiting. And so I had them there, so I felt, you know, calm, I was at peace. I didn't really know what was going on, um, but I had a nurse that actually knew my parents from church. And so, wow. yeah, so she was like, baby, you're gonna be all right. Like, you know, just encouraging me. And that yeah. that literally, that, that, was, that was very great for me because in that moment, I just had no idea. Everything was just so uncertain. I'm just rolling with the flow. Okay, they tell me this. Okay, I got to go here. Like everything was just a sense of urgency. So that that I'm grateful for how he set that up. He he would literally put people in your path, you know, for for they have the things that you need at that moment. So, yes, it's oh my. Yeah, I know that the listeners probably like wow. <laughs> testimony for someone 18 years old to have been diagnosed with breast cancer finding a lump and because 
your father had and and I and I commend him for doing that because you know there's a lot of churches that sort of shun from that type of stuff. No, we're not going to bring nobody in to do any of those. Mm-hmm. That's really like education because if you can send your child to school to get talked to and sign a consent form yeah. for them to talk about sex education during their health mm-hmm. PE, why can't you bring them in the church where it is a safe place so they can know these things and ask questions instead of being, because then when it happens, then you want to shun them off and saying, oh no, that's bad. Yeah. You know, no, you're supposed to do that. Yeah. You know, and then when they learn about it in school, it's, then it's okay a problem. With it. Yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's necessary. Or it's a problem. So it is necessary. So I commend for that. And that is so awesome. And who would have so, known him doing that? Not only just helped yeah. everybody else, but it but literally it, saved it, my it, life, you know? Exactly. Because imagine you would have continued on ignoring it. Doing, exactly. Like some women, like I said, at 18, no young woman is going to think about examining, self, do self-examination. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to think about going yeah. in there, taking a shower or after this, you know, doing this and this yeah, and this. Yeah. Especially if they're not taught at home or... Because you, you only can do with what you ha- know with what you have. You know, sometimes parents don't do that. Yeah. I'm a parent. I did that to my daughter. I even did that to my sons because they even said that boys can develop. Mm-hmm. Um... Oh yeah, breast lumps in their breast. You know, so it wasn't exempt, especially if cancer runs in your family or not. But exactly, and it's very real. And so I had, that is awesome. I had so many God moments in that in that process, um, and I didn't That's understand the relationship. Yeah, that's what I, the relationship. I didn't understand how he could be my healer until that situation for myself. But um, another another God moment, um, even after the surgery, I wake up to find out she did more extensive surgery than she expected. So not only were there two two lumps, there was over seven. Oh my! And so she ended up cutting me more and deeper than what she thought she had to do. So I end up I was actually sent home after phase two. I was sent home um, with the the pain medicine wasn't strong enough. Let's just say that it wasn't strong enough, and so they my parents literally had to call in to get you know another medication to to ease the pain just a little bit because I had stitches now. So it was just unbearable pain. Um, a week before Christmas, <laughs> I'm just mm-hmm. laying there in pain, couldn't move, none of that. My, my mom had to help wash me, you know, so this wow. this was a, a very hard journey and, journey and the healing part of it wasn't even easier, you know, so. I'm thinking about the number seven. Yeah. At number seven, he says he had to take out seven. For those who may not know that, that is meaning completion. Mm-hmm. The completeness. So where you at now in your... So you was 18. How old are you now? <laughs> I will be 23 in a few days. Wow. Okay. So what is the prognosis for that? Yeah, so um, I actually went back to the breast specialist a few months ago, um, because after the heal, so the healing process, it never really stopped. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm gonna be cool. You know, I ended up having to go back to school that semester. So January, I had to go back to school, um, still in pain, still having the stitches, you know, um, cause it was the invisible stitches. So they fell out on their own. So I didn't have to go back to have that removed. Um, but they sent me back. I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't carry stuff. 
So I literally had to get like a bag where it could carry everything. I couldn't put stuff over my shoulder. Like it was just horrible. I couldn't do anything. Um, so it was very hard for me to get back to life as I knew it. Um, but it was necessary, it was needed. Um, so now um, she released me. I had to go back to them, to the breast care specialist. Um, they did a six month checkup to see how I was healing and everything, um, just how the scar looks, all of that, the stitches, making sure everything you know was healing properly. Um, after that, they they never had to like retest me or anything, but they um, you know did kind of do the the examination to see if I had any more lumps and that. Um, she did release me because I was healing properly, even though it took so long. Um, it took like over a year, literally, for healing to take place. Um, like if I would go outside in the cold, that would bother me. I would be in so much pain. Say it was cold outside or raining, I would just be in so much pain. Um, and I just I just had to deal with it. And mind you, nobody knew. So I'm coming back to Richmond. <laughs> nobody knows anything. Wow. Isn't that amazing? You had to hold all that in, continue to go to school, continue to do what you needed to do. Yeah. And that is amazing. That is strength. That only comes by relationship with God. And that's one of the key things mm-hmm. you have shared. Awesome testimony. Awesome testimony. I know someone got to be encouraged. And I hope this is for any listener who is a mom, a grandma, aunt, sister and you have younger children um and it's very important to teach them about self-breast examination while they are young and not wait till it's too late I know so many friends um I lost Mm -hmm. from um having cancer because it was too late they was already in the stage so I I really commend you by being obedient of doing it because you could have been like I'm not doing that I'm not checking myself out you know so that is awesome an awesome thing to do and in college you didn't even know I was coming back from having the surgery and in the recovery process and somebody I call pastor but elder at the time or maybe minister at the time preached the word from Ezekiel (laughs) and said your condition is not your conclusion and that's literally what? that's oh literally my gosh. a word Get I don't out. heard till this day. Till this day, that that word blessed me so much. You know, sometimes you hear words, and uh-huh. I, I, me, it has to be really good, and I have to understand it for me to remember it. But that word that day, that was for me. That was that was mm. for me. that was my first time hearing you preach. Oh so, my! It was me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's my my condition was not my conclusion. Your condition is not your conclusion. I don't even, you know, that's uh, so funny because I don't never remember that <laughs> message. Every time I, every time someone say it or they repeat it or use it, I be like, "Yep, that was you." And they be like, "You yep. that message." That I'm was like, you. Oh. Thank you. Okay. So thank you for that. Well, to God be the glory. He gets all the credit because that was not a message. I guess I. And I think I still say that to this day for myself, that my condition is not my conclusion, yep. whatever the situation may be. Yep. It can be anything. Yep. So let's talk about really fast about generation changes. Oh mm-hmm. my God, I am so excited. <laughs> I have been blessed to have two shirts and a dress. And I'm about to get another apparel. And but you have some nice stuff. Um, 
you had um, set up a table. You've been at Vendors Affair. So tell our listeners. Um, I want you to elaborate on that. I want to. I want you to talk about where they can find your 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 um, apparel, your website. You know everything. How did you come up with Generation Changer? Yes, that's that's powerful. <laughs> I mean, I'm still. I ain't in that bracket, but I feel like I... You are. You are in the bracket. So, so many people, they hear me talk about it because my passion is to inspire young people, but not only young people. So, it's not just my generation. It's it's any generation. Um, So, even I'm I'm 23, and I impact, you know, the the Y, the X generation, every generation. So, it's not secluded to just one generation um I just tend to impact you know I do I do ministry for the youth the young people because I know that place where you don't feel like you fit in um and so this is my way of doing my business and as well as ministry um so the business is called Generation Changer LLC it started on social media um I would do daily posts just to encourage myself first and then I realized it was encouraging other people. Um, I stopped doing it and <laughs> young people were coming to me like, yo, what's going on? Like, why are you not posting? What's going on? <laughs> and I didn't know mm-hmm. people were paying attention. So that's where I came with mm-hmm. this hashtag. Suspected, huh? Yeah, that's, and this was back in high school. Um, one of the pastors um, I used to fellowship with, she, she, she prayed for me one night and she asked the Lord, I will never forget it. She asked the Lord to um, continue to use me to lead and change my generation. So that right there, I thought about it later. And that's literally all I kept hearing is generation changer, generation changer. And so um, now growing up and going through what I went through, um, I realized my grandmother used to always say, you're going to be the one in the family to break generational curses and change Mm. stuff in our family. And so I didn't understand it. This was before I went to um, college. I didn't understand it then. But then now to this day, it makes sense. Um, So it is my business, my ministry, it's my brand. I live by it, but the the twist on it is generation changer. So you know, changer it became a clothing apparel line, mm. and so I put my twist of fashion on it, um, as well as a way of doing ministry and inspire people. Um, so yes, I mm-hmm. do. I, I'm a vendor for different events, um, conferences. I do, I've done concerts, um, any anything you you name it. I I've done it um, without really trying to do it. <laughs> this all started. I did a photo shoot. And I put my logo, GC, and Generation Changer on a t-shirt for a photo shoot I was doing. And people saw it and they're like, okay, how do we purchase? And I'm like, it's not for sale. <laughs> and so that's, that's how the Lord um, gave me the vision of starting the business. Because I like to do all of this for other people and marketing and all of that. So not only, not only, not only did I see the apparel or, or the, the photo shoot, but mm-hmm. you had the shoes to match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had somebody in Georgia actually um, make those shoes for me. They say generation changer. So it's blinged out. Only The only way I can do it is blinged out in purple and gold, which are the business colors. Um, purple is royalty. So um, and the foundation of my um, my business is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans Whoa. that I have for you. Yeah, because literally, I tell, I tell people that I didn't, I did not plan on starting a business at all. I just wanted to stay in the background, help everybody else with their business and this and that. And so it was crazy because the experience that I had without even being qualified for it, the experience I had uh-huh. just through opportunities and favor from God and open doors throughout college, I then be, been, I was able to use that 
for my own business. And so yeah. it was like the Lord was just setting me up, setting me up, setting me up. And so now I do mm. it, do it for myself. Um, and I became an LLC. I, it's been a long journey, but I'm so grateful for it because now I can push, you know, the next young person or even the older person that um, comes to me for help. So I have a lot of clients that I do different things for. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, encouraging young people to be inspired and um, you can still live, you know, be fly, be young and stylish and still be saved. So, oh my. Yeah. I like that. Young, stylish, and saved. Yeah. So, that's awesome. That is juicy. So, you graduated from college. You had the experience of St. College, your mom. I seen mm-hmm. they did a news report of you. Yeah. That was probably a wonderful, I mean, oh, when did goodness. your mom get, when did your mom get in school? Um, was it your junior year, your senior year? Um, she started. Y'all get to walk down the aisle together. That's amazing. I think she started like my sophomore year. Okay, so you, you said like, how was it going to school with my, with my mom? I actually didn't go to school with her. We went to the same school. So I'm on campus, but she lived she still lives an hour and a half away so she would just oh, wow. come yeah she would just come up she was in the masters of divinity program so the masters okay. program there they come like on the weekends or some of them have you know midday classes but it's kind of separate from our curriculum um so they have their whole school of theology so she was doing school on the weekends so she would come up every once in a while so i would get to see her and all of that Listen, I'm not ashamed. I love my mama. We we like sisters, you know. We we everything. So um, for me, you know, it was a chance to still get to see her, this and that. I'm, I showed her around campus. You know, I we pushed each other to the end. So it was it was so God. It was so God um, to That's literally, awesome. you know, get each other through that process. So when one was going through it, it was like the other one was there to push the other person. Like, come on, uh-uh, write this paper. We're going to finish. Graduation is almost here. So, yes, we literally crossed the stage together. Um, the School of Business for me went first. And I was so determined because... I just saw it in a different light. Like, I'm like, okay, this doesn't happen. Even they said it at commencement. I This was history in the making, you know. It was history to have um, a mother and a daughter graduate together. So I went up there. Yeah, I, I went up there, that. I went up there with my mom. When she, they called her name, I walked across the stage with her. Phone recording awesome. and everything. Wow, that yeah. is amazing. That's encouraging to someone generation and not just for for just females but also for young men who are going through going to college and whether their parents are going to college whether they mom or dad mm-hmm. to have that experience that's very encouraging to someone who may think it's too late to go to college because they put their kids to college yeah. and it's never too late so y'all are the epitome of an example and testament that God can do anything yeah. except fail and Definitely. that he can turn situations around. Y'all have some triumphant in this um season. Oh, yeah. In that season. And y'all still got some coming. Yeah. Um, and not I only did we graduate together, my sister graduated high school a month later. So it was three graduations. At oh, one. my. That is awesome. Yeah. And she's currently attending college as yep. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Year. Awesome. So that is, listen, listen, if y'all missed this interview, you are always welcome to go back on. It will be on Spotify, Breaker, and Apple 
podcast and there is another podcast I will probably put that up because I can't remember the name I have four or five um, outlets that this interview this testimony this amazing young lady who is a generation changer is on that she can give you um you can be inspired uplifted um, you can, it, it's just so much. I mean, it's so broad. I was like, I was like, okay, and I guess God wanted me to ask questions. Yeah. I was gonna let you. I really was gonna have you preach and sing <laughs> and praise. And I'm just okay. <laughs> she also forgot that she's a praise dancer. Okay? Yeah, she has so many gifts. Um, but I was gonna say you're gonna do a sermon, but you know, Uh-oh. I guess the question y'all, y'all listen to me. Y'all listen to me. Elder Monique is the one that will push you. If you need somebody <laughs> to push you, she will pull all of that out of you. Nobody knew I did all of that. <laughs> she was the first one asked me to dance for her event and all of that. Sing for yes, her because she preached. Yes, yes. Yeah. So you you are definitely I, a pusher. You are a pusher. So thank you. Well, I guess it's um the feeling is mutual because you sure pushed me. I wasn't able to write, and for all y'all to know that I written my first book called From Broken to Reborn because of this young lady. I was not thinking about writing. She <laughs> is one of the two people who pushed me, besides my publisher, oh, um, who pushed me to write a book. And I was giving her fever, like I was a kid yeah. and she was an adult. And I'm sitting there having tantrums. Like, I don't want to hear this. No, I'm not doing that. I'm not working on that. I ain't no, I'm talking to you. I'm working on that. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> Fussing at her. She would, and, and on top of that, she would come back. Like, I don't care. Back, like, I don't care. What you say? You better be doing this. You better be doing this. Until yeah. we went to a conference and it was confirmed. And I can hear her in the back of me saying, <laughs> I told you. I, look at Say God. that again. This say is, it again. <laughs> I don't even want to remember 2018 that conference that I was at um, yeah. from um, women who knows her worth and got propped up like the whole weekend was dedicated yeah. to me in spite the enemy was trying to be busy. You know your work now. Had, you know it now. My God. And I had to write a book and she's in the background like I told you. I see look at God. What, what I, I ain't say? even no profit. Yeah I was like I ain't even no profit or nothing but listen. You hard headed. You go ahead and write this book. Somebody, and every time somebody says something, she was right there hearing it. Then I, mm-mm-mm. I don't know how much confirmation she's going to get. Yeah. So don't be around her. You need you need those people. Listen, you need those friends that will push you and hold you accountable. Exactly. And I love it so much. Yes, we have an age difference. I mean, I'm older. I'm 15, we don't even see so age, like, though. We don't even see the um, age. No, no. But, you know, some people my like, sister. I can't deal with young people. No, I love young people. I love their mindset, especially if they're positive and they're doing the right thing. Some we have to make shape and mold and want to put our hands around their neck. Yeah. And slap. Oh, no, I'm just joking. Listen, but, I've been there. Yeah. They, they had to do that to me, too. Still to this day. But I love the young people. You learn a lot from them, especially when they are motivators and they are inspiring you. So you, they want to push you as well. And they see potential in you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I admire about you. So tell people, we're going to wrap it up because... I'm, I don't want to even end this, yeah. but I know we both need me and to you. Be on we'll another go all night. <laughs> me and you, y'all, we, we go all night like this on the phone. We need, we need to be on another platform. Yeah. But I know um, 
you getting ready to come up with some projects, you know, tell people how they can find you, what's the next project, where they can, I know we in a pandemic, so they yeah. can't physically find you, but how can they virtually find you? Yes, so um, on Facebook, you can find me there, Tajay Jackson, uh, first name is T-A-J-A-E, last name Jackson. Um, you can see most of my stuff with my business on there as well. Um, I do post Monday through Friday um, for GC. I call it GC week. So um, I, I do post daily. Um, Monday motivation, Tuesday thoughts, worship Wednesday, um, thankful Thursday, and freedom Friday. And, you know, whenever I get other words and stuff, I just like to share that as well. When I get it, listen, I share it with y'all. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram. My Instagram is Team Nicole. That's my personal one. It's T-E-A-M-N-I-C-O-L. And instead of an E, it's a three. It's a three at the end. So that is my personal Instagram. And the business Instagram is Generation Changer 2911. So that's where you can find me. And what about your apparel? How could we... How could they or how could everyone be able to purchase your apparel? I mean, you did you yeah. say you said you have shirts, you have dresses, you have rompers, mm-hmm. yep, just about anything. So, everything's not up on the to site. what sizes, yeah, everything's not on the site Colors. just yet because I literally made the website myself. So, um, everything's not up there just yet, but I do have my um original t shirts up there, the dresses are up there. Um, anything specific that you want to order, you can always email me at generationchanger2911 at gmail.com. Um, just shoot me an email or reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you want to do a personalized or customer order, I still do that as well. Um, so whatever you need done, all of that, I do all of that too. Flags, cups, whatever you need. Um, even if you need your logo on a shirt, I do that as well. Um, yes, uh, the business website is www.generationchangers2911.com. All right. All right. I am so excited about that. Get your apparel, please, please, please. I have shirts. Yeah. I have dresses. Join the, the movement. They fit so comfortable. Um, and they fit whatever shape you are, whatever yes. size you are. Extra, extra small to three X. Um, yeah, they, 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 you can dress them up, dress them down. Go on the website and check them out. You will love them. I have a special color, and I am so excited about it because. Yes. I feel I feel special. Yes, you <laughs> are. I have a color. You are. And I and I'm not sharing it because I don't want everybody wearing the color. Yeah. But if you happen to go in there and pick it, then that's okay. But you won't hear it from me. <laughs> Just know they you rocking my. Yeah, they rocking. You your... will not know my color. But I am so so happy and excited for the things that God is doing in your life, the direction He's taking you. Oh my God. Stay tuned, you all. She is going to blow up. And guess what? She'll be back. Uh She thinks she ain't. Uh And she will be back. And she will be doing part two or a series. I'm going to get her to do. um, I'm going to dedicate a month to her where she can (laughs) be on there. Marketing as well as preaching, teaching in a series. She thinks she's getting away from that calling. That ain't happening. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. You already heard her say she do things. She was posting up every day, inspirational uh-uh. stuff. Ah, uh, so I think I'm losing connection. She's not losing connection. She hears and she knows that she's going to receive text messages afterwards. That I'm going to be saying, "You will be on. This Whoa. is your month." 
and here is the login and here is <laughs> oh, Lord. But y'all stay tuned. Way, y'all stay tuned though. It is a lot coming up now that you speak of it. It is a lot coming up. I can't release it just yet, but I have a lot of stuff I'm working yet. on. Not yet, not during this pandemic, not yet, but we know that God is working behind the scenes to bless someone publicly. Oh my, I felt that. Mm -mm -mm. So, since you um, are such a profound singer, I would like you... To give us a tune and pray us off of life. Thank you all for tuning in to Living in Freedom every day with your host, Elder Monique and Elder Jay Coleman, who in his absence was not here tonight, but he is tuned in and listening to the live um, broadcast podcast. So pray for him and keep him encouraged. Um, He's doing some other work, but... He will be on next week, um, brought to you by next Saturday. We are on weekly Saturdays at 7 p.m. Um, every on this anchor station, Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Breakup Podcast. And you can hear us 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you're another host, it may be earlier or later. I don't know the time zone. But I'm going to get our special guest to pray us off and give us a tune of her melody. So if y'all want to book oh, her, um, you can book her to sing and preach and sing and motivate and come as a vendor, even if it's an outside event. We know we have to practice social distancing and, and wearing masks. So please, please, please continue to pray for the country. Continue to pray for... Our leaders in the White House continue to pray for all those who are still fighting this pandemic, this disease, COVID-19. We pray healing over everyone's body. Please, please, please don't let this fool you. Wear your mask. Get out and vote, vote, vote in November. Um, If you got to mail it in, whatever you got to do to get your vote in. Um, Exercise your rights. Do your census 2020. And with that... I'll turn it back over to my special guest, Tajay Jackson. Lord Jesus. Y'all know she set me up, right? This is not God's will, y'all. Um, yes, everything is God's will. What you want me to say? Oh, Jesus. God is not pleased. Listen. <laughs> listen, you are on a live podcast. Let's I don't see. know, but let the Lord use you, and you just take us on out of here. All right. Well, let's see. Um... Okay, this is this is this is very fitting. You don't know my story, all the things that I've been through. You can't feel my pain. What I had to go through to get here, and you'll never understand my praise. So don't try to figure it out. Because my worship, my worship is for real. I've been through too much not to worship him. I've been through too much not to worship him. 
God, our Father, we thank you for today, God. We thank you for just another opportunity, Lord God, to call on your name. God, we thank you for the things that you're doing, Lord God, even in the midst of this pandemic, Lord God, even in the midst of the struggles that we're going through, the pain that we're going through, Lord God. We thank you because you are still God, Lord. We thank you because you continue to keep us, Lord. We thank you because you continue to save us from ourselves, God. We thank you because you continue to keep our minds, God. We thank you because we know you to be our healer, God. We thank you because you are our mind regulator. God, we thank you because disease has no power over us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. So we speak to every sickness right now in the name of Jesus, God. We thank you because you continue to use us for your glory, God. Lord, I ask that you just touch everyone who may be listening, Lord God, every viewer, Lord God, we ask that you just use them in a mighty way, Lord God, touch their lives, Lord God, keep their family whole, Lord God, we ask that you even speak to the situations that they haven't even told anyone about, Lord God, we ask that you continue to be their keeper, Lord God, keep their hearts, less. yes, Lord, keep their hearts in the name of Jesus, Lord, Lord, I speak to that young person that may not know which way to go, Lord, I ask that you just give them wisdom, Lord God, give them guidance, Lord God, guide every footstep, God, I ask that you just continue to speak to them like only you can, Lord God, Lord, I ask that you show yourself mighty and show yourself strong, Lord God, Lord God, help that young person get that relationship with you, Lord God, Lord, if you did it for me, I know that you can do it for them, Lord, so we ask that you continue to move like only you can have your way, Lord God, we thank you and we bless you, we bless you for who you are in our lives, we bless you for the things you're about to do, God, we thank you for what you did yesterday but God we thank you for what you're going to do God we thank you for your favor Lord God your unmerited favor over our lives God we thank you because you're still opening doors that no man should shut Lord we thank you because you continue to anoint us like never before God we thank you because you continue to call us Lord God call us to that place Lord God of next call us to that place of higher Lord God call us to that place of elevation so God we thank you Lord we thank you Lord God we thank you so much Lord God just for being who you are in our lives God you are a good good father yes lord even when our real father's forsaken us on earth lord god we thank you because you're a good good father god we thank you because you continue to keep us lord god in the name of jesus now lord i ask that you send peace lord god send healing yes lord send deliverance right now in the name of jesus lord god let breakthrough happen right now in the name of jesus lord god for every person that shall heal this under the sound of my voice lord god we speak healing and deliverance right now right now where they stand lord god lord god there's no distance in the spirit so we thank you because you're you're doing it for their family members, Lord. We thank you because you're doing it for their friends. God, we thank you because you're doing it for everyone connected to us, God. Lord God, we say speak in this place, Lord God. Speak in this time, Lord God. Lord God, no matter what situation we find ourselves in, God, we say you are God and you are good. Yes, Lord. So we thank you, Lord God. We thank you because you gave us the victory, Lord God. We're no longer victims, but we thank you because we have the victory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. Amen. Woo! Oh, I give. Oh my! Thank you. Oh, yes, Lord. Jesus. Well, thank you for being on the Life Living in Freedom Everyday Podcast. We love you. We are love praying you. that God will expand your territory and you go in peace. Thank in you. Jesus' name. Thank you. Shalom.